We start our deep dive into the 2023 Buccaneers draft class and tell you exactly why Kalijah Kansi fits perfectly in a Todd Bowles defense. That and more today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Box Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. Also, now available on the SiriusXM app. That is right. Locked On Bucks is now on the SiriusXM app, so you can check us out there as well. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my Star Wars-loving co-host, Mr. David Harrison. He is a staff writer for BucksGameDay.com on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And, of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. David, may the 4th be with you. Thank you. I'm a huge Star Wars person. I love all of the stars and all of the wars. Thank you, Bucks fans, for making Lockdown Bucks first listen or view of the day today and every day. And a special thank you to our everydayers joining the show here live with us on a Thursday evening. This is our Thursday show, guys. We will have another episode dropping on Friday as well. So you're still getting five per week. But due to some scheduling and some other things, we had to drop our Thursday episode day of and obviously later here in the evening. So we apologize for any delays or any uh, inconveniences that may have caused. Today, we're going to update the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line depth chart. But first, James, we had to do a little bit of homework. The way that I like to put this is we watched film so that you don't have to watch film. And of course, by film, I mean, we watched game videos on YouTube because college film is incredibly difficult to get a hold of. And honestly, any game that we watch, so there, there's a way for us to access college film, but you can't access that unless you are also a media member or you have the right connections. So these games that we watched, you yourself could also go watch if you choose to, and then you can either check our work or you can go and watch and see if we missed anything, provide your input on first round draft pick, Kalijah Cansey, because that's what we're doing today, James. We're going to deep dive Kalijah Cansey, give Bucks fans our notes and our observations of what we saw from the Buccaneers first round draft pick. And then at the end of this bad boy, we're going to pull up the depth chart and reorder the Buccaneers defensive line so that uh, Todd Bowles, honestly, he's got enough on his plate. We can do a little bit for him. Yeah, that's right. And real quick, David, I am going to address the uh, the chat. We got a couple people in there. Uh, Richard, who did wish us a happy Star Wars Day, said, who won the giveaway? Richard, that answer is coming on Monday because David and I have a special Mock Draft Monday edition coming up that's going to be a lot of fun so what better way to announce our draft giveaway winners than when we do a special very interesting mock draft monday so that answer will be coming on monday we will uh, announce the winners we will get those prizes out but let's talk about kalijah cansey because david 
I enjoy watching Kalijah Kansi play football. I think a lot of Bucks fans are going to enjoy watching Kalijah Kansi play on Sundays. And the first game that I attacked when my wife made fun of me, she's like, don't people on like ESPN and NFL Network do analysis so that you don't have to do it? I'm like, yeah, but I disagree with a lot of those people that also said that Will Levis was going to be a first round draft pick and that he was good. So we like to formulate our, our own opinions. So I started things off with the 2021 ACC championship game against Wake Forest. And in, in that game, Kalaja Kansi was dealing with a right leg injury. So he was not a hundred percent. He wasn't on the field for every snap, uh, you know, by, by any means. And you could tell that he was slightly limited. Now, one of the big things even in a limited capacity, he was still extremely explosive off of the snap. And he was effective in both the run and the pass game. He was able to generate some pressure. He was able to collapse the pocket, open up opportunities for fellow Pitt Panthers to be able to get after uh, Sam Hartman. And, uh, you know, Servassier Dennis had a, had a sack in that game. And one of the things that really jumped out was how often they moved Cansey around on the line. You know, he would line up at D tackle, but then he would go out to either end. And it's almost like Pitt was trying to create mismatches for his speed and his athleticism against some of these slower guys. So they ran some 4-3, they ran some 3-4, and when they were in a 4-3 alignment, Typically, not always, but typically Cansey was lined up at that three technique spot. But then on the three, four, he would split out to one of the ends and, and was able to uh, to get his his job done there. And one of the, the key plays that I took away was in the third quarter, Tennessee's up 24 to 21. And this was a really interesting game. It was kind of a back and forth. There were some explosive plays on both sides, but Cansey was double teamed by the center and the guard. He was lined up in the three tech spot and he pushes both of them backwards simultaneously. He had one on one arm, one on the other arm, and he is pushing this double team back in to collapse the pocket. And Hartman basically sees the pocket collapsing around him, tries to tuck and run. And as soon as he tucks that ball, Cansey sheds the guard and decleated. Hartman. It was one of the most vicious hits of the game. Just absolutely dominated him. And it was a sign. And I know people have been concerned about the uh, you know, the size of, of Cansey. This was raw, pure strength. It was a, a phenomenal play. Outstanding. Yeah, that's that sounds like a good game uh, to watch. And of course, look at the end of the season. I mean, ACC championship game. You know what I mean? The title is on the line. And that's when you want your players to show up. I chose for my first game to watch uh, with our collage of Kansas tape study, James, their matchup against the university of North Carolina from 2021. And the reason I picked that game is because in that game, one of the North Carolina offensive linemen, Joshua Azudu ended up becoming a third round pick in the 2022 NFL draft of the New York Giants. So this is an NFL lineman on the offensive line that Kalijah Kansi uh, is going up against. And I saw some of the things that you also saw as well. Now, this is earlier in that same season, right? But I saw some really good penetration through the B and the C gaps. A lot of times he would line up in that A gap, but I think he was most effective when trying to shoot through the B and the C gaps, most effective against the run when he was going up against zone run. Uh, sometimes when he's going up against 
uh, gap run schemes, depending on the size and the athleticism of the lineman that he's lined up across from. Sometimes he does get lost in the wash. You're going to expect some of that from a guy who just quite simply has a little bit of a size deficiency. But again, Vita Vea, one of the best, if not the best nose tackle in the NFL, doesn't get penetration on every snap, doesn't get a sack on every single snap. The key is getting there when it, when it matters the most. And here's something else I noticed from North Carolina, and it wasn't just this third-round pick lineman, of course. I mean, you, you mentioned it, right? They like to shift him around. So sometimes he faced that guy. Sometimes he faced other guys. But pretty much no matter who he faced wearing North Carolina blue was holding him. And I mean, I'm talking holding him. Like, I kind of wish I could go back to Pitt Twitter back then and see just how much these fans were complaining about these flags not getting thrown. Because I'll tell you right now, if Bucks fans see Kalijah Kansi getting held the way he was getting held against North Carolina, there might be a riot at the NFL officiating headquarters because it was bad. But you got to believe that those NCAA officials were like, look, uh, Sam Howell doesn't really have a choice right now or a chance right now unless we let these guys go. Uh, there were a lot of holds and a lot of double teams. What I really like about Kalijah Kansi in this game, James, kind of like what you were talking about where he kind of stiff-armed the two guys he does have this length deficiency, right? It's well noted. It's not a secret. It's not going to be hidden. But here's what I've noticed about Kalijah Kansi. He knows how to maximize the length that he has. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make any analogies that could be taken wrong, but I'm just going to say the length that he has, he knows how to use a prime example on a third and 10 play at the North Carolina 36 yard line. He starts off lined up over the A gap, pursues the A gap, right? It's an obvious pass play. Third and 10, again, it's, it's a pass play. He makes his way up the field towards the A-gap, stunts outside, ends up coming through the C-gap and wraps up Sam Howell, despite the fact that Sam Howell sees him and is trying to climb the pocket to get away from him. He extends, uses his leverage point, puts his cleats in the ground, lunges, and he brings Sam Howell down. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Parsons was on the field, by the way, in week 18 of last year, how hard it can be to bring Sam Howell uh, to the ground. So very impressive use of the length that he does have. And I think if Buccaneers fans see that in 2023, which if we're seeing it in 2021, you better believe you're going to see it in 2023. Yeah, they have the, uh, they have the makings to have a really, really nasty defensive line, but we're not done yet. David, we are, we are not done talking about Kalijah Kansi's film. We have more film takeaways next segment coming from last season. So a little bit more recent, of Kalijah Cansey. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You've got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing that you won't even realize that they're good for you. They are covered in 100% real dark chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and packing 17 grams of protein. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while your specialty flavors can still be found at Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. And make sure you head to Built.com to check out the limited edition animal cookie bar, peanut butter puff, and snickerdoodle chunk puff. 
Thanks for being locked on. Bucks, your first listen or your first view of the day. Easier for you to listen when I take myself off of mute. David, uh, I, real quick, I need to address the, the YouTube chat again. No, no, I have to address the YouTube chat. Darius, sorry. James has been very public about his losing streak when gambling on athletics. So why you would ever go Sixers when James says to go Sixers? Um, I don't. I, listen, I like James. Don't take gambling advice from James. I I didn't say the Sixers were going to win. I said I would take the Sixers and the points. And then both Evan and I were very clear to fade me because I've lost thirty consecutive bets. So if I tell you to bet on something, bet the opposite, and then come back in the YouTube comments and thank me for you winning money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Darius oh. hopefully that was your your first bet so you get that bet back in bonus bets if not James profusely apologizes for giving you bad bad betting advice I'm taking the nuggets uh I think they were down they're they're down for they're under they're four point underdogs last time I checked FanDuel whatever it is I'm taking them with the points um they could lose that game in Phoenix to be quite honest with you but I, I think they'll at least keep it close so for what that's worth I'm actually putting money on that as well so if you're interested in that every dayers, we appreciate you coming through here just like you do every other day. We're here five days a week with you. So we appreciate you coming through. James, Kalijah Kansi spent more than five days at the University of Pittsburgh or is it Pittsburgh University? I honestly don't know. Um, beautiful campus, beautiful stadium. Uh, the Steelers playing it. That's the only reason I've seen it. But you watched a game that was more recent than the one we talked about in the previous segment. What did you see when Kalijah Kansi went up against the Tennessee Volunteers? in 2022 yeah this was very early in the season so the full-blown hendon hooker arrival hadn't fully happened yet but we started to see uh flashes of it in this game and again just like the game against wake forest incredibly explosive at the snap and in the the quick get off at the snap puts him at a at an advantage anytime he's going up against these slower offensive linemen and they moved him around a lot again whether he's lined up at d tackle lined up at dn uh whatever the case may be that quickness immediately puts him a step ahead in these in these contests against these offensive linemen so it appeared and i could be wrong you know i i've not spoken to collage cancy i've not met collage cancy he may be an incredibly confident human being on tape, he looked more confident in this game than I think he looked in the Wake Forest game. You can just kind of tell sometimes when a guy is playing with that additional level of confidence. It looked like Cansey was that in this game. But a great example is Pittsburgh jumped out to an early lead in this game. Hendon Hooker started off pretty rough. He was like two for his first eight. But late in the second quarter, it's a two-minute drill. There's a minute 50 on the clock, and Tennessee has come back. They're up 21 to 17, and Hendon Hooker's on fire. He's completed 10 of his last 12 for 180 yards and a touchdown. They go into the two-minute offense, and Cansey again is lined up at D tackle, and his quick burst off the snap immediately sheds the guard. The guard isn't even out of his stance before Cansey is getting past him, hits no. the center with a swim move, and sacks Hooker for a loss of four yards. In between the snap and the sack, it was under three seconds. Nice. So he can be, and, and Hooker was lined up in shotgun. He is in the backfield in the blink of an eye. 
if somebody doesn't get their hands on him and that quick get off is what leads to him being able to do that because he's up and moving in his second step before some of these guys are even out of their stance. It was one of the more impressive sacks I have seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I turn, I tuned into Pitt versus Syracuse uh, from 2022. Uh, and unfortunately we didn't get an, a Kalijah Cansey, you know, Matt Bergeron uh, matchup because Bergeron's a tackle and Pitt basically lined up Cansey inside for the most part uh, for, for this game. Now on YouTube, if you look this up, you join the game late. I think it's like two or three minutes in. There's a whole Syracuse offensive possession that we don't get to see. So perhaps we saw some Bergeron can't see there, and we just don't get to see it when you were looking it up uh, past tense. But a lot of the same things, right? B-gap, C-cap dominant, dominant uh, zone run uh, dominant as well, but more use of that length, right? The, again, the length that he doesn't have, kind of what you're talking about, James, some bull rushes, some quickness off the line of scrimmage. But I noticed a couple of times he this dude is putting guards and centers and quarterbacks laps. And when you consider the fact that this is a guy who, again, has some of the shortest arms of a quote unquote elite defensive lineman that's about to be in the National Football League, that is pretty impressive stuff. Because not only are you using leverage, but you're using speed and get off to get inside of an offensive lineman's frame before, like you just mentioned, they even have a chance to react to you like before. Mr. Miyagi can even bring the chopstick out. The, the flies already landing on the nose. I don't know if that analogy makes any sense, but I just brought it out. Uh, so that's what it is. It's live. We're not going to redo that. Um, there is a play, though. Uh, again, I mentioned the B and C gap dominance, right? Second and two at the pit 17. So this is Syracuse driving down the ball or driving down the field. 0-0. So, again, the game is tight. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a tie score. Zone read quarterback keeper is what Syracuse runs. And just like you just mentioned, so what I love is consistency here, right? Because we didn't watch the same games. We didn't compare notes uh, before we went and did this. He slices right through the A-gap. I mean, before the center and guard can even say, I don't know, Syracuse isn't a good football team. Kalisha Kansi is all over their quarterback and the play results in a 15-yard gain. Why? Because one of Kalisha Kansi's teammates was a dumb-dumb and grabbed the quarterback's face mask. That's not his fault, though. He still dominated that A-gap. He still shot in there. And I'll tell you what, guys. If you watch Kalijah Kansi lined up as a three-tack for the Buccaneers defense this season, which, of course, is what we're expecting, right? Uh, and he can do that. If he can get that kind of gap penetration, whether it's A, B, C, I don't care what gap you're in. If he can get that kind of gap uh, penetration against a C.J. Stroud, against a Desmond Ritter, you talk about young quarterbacks under quick-fire pressure, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Antoine Winfield Jr. playing aggressive either in the slot or above the slot. Get ready because you're going to have some interception opportunities. Uh, Devin White, get ready to get live because there might be a ball coming your way that you can take back to the house. That uh, that dumb, dumb teammate wasn't Servasier Dennis, was it? No, it wasn't. It was like number like 84 or something. No, I would never call Servasier Dennis a dumb, dumb. I mean, that's all we were concerned about. We're going to talk about Servassier Dennis and his fit with the linebackers coming up next week, but yeah. wanted to ease the... Well, but let's let's tease that real quick because we were talking before we went live, right? And both of us said the exact same thing. <laughs> it was hard sometimes watching Kalijah because let's be honest, again, defensive lines in the trenches, sometimes it's a stalemate, right? You're just like, okay, I see it. You held your spot. Yeah, and and, and that's something I think we should add as well. When he doesn't get penetration, Kalijah can't see he's holding his own. He's holding his spot yeah. down. He's holding his gap, things like that. But... When that kind of stuff happens, or there are series here and there where Kalaj is not on the field, but you're still watching the game, Servasia Dennis pops off the field. He jumps off the tape. So I can't wait uh, to get there. I wish he was an earlier draft pick so we could do it sooner, but eventually we'll, we will get to 
Servasi Dennis, and that's going to be a fun episode. Well, and the fact that they got him as late as they did, and he he popped off when we're focused on one guy, and all of a sudden we can't help but pay attention to the guy that they took on day three. That says something. Yeah. That yeah. says that's a lot. Huge. So it's it's going to be exciting to uh to get into our film study of Servasier Dennis. But we've gone through some tape of Kalijah Kansi. We've discussed what we saw, what our takeaways were. Now we, as the Locked On Bucks podcast, are going to do Todd Bowles and Jason Light's job for them and update the defensive line depth chart with Kansi and others added to the group. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. May the 4th be with you. Tomorrow's Revenge of the 5th because this is the May. Uh, David, I will I will slap you through the internet. You put Whoa, those Vulcan things wrong? down. What do uh, I do? You and your you and Brent Allen, the two people doing the 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 Star Trek nonsense. This is our day. Listen, this I am not aware. I apologize. Sport. It was an accident. I'm sorry. My goodness. All right. I do not know these things. You do happy know NBA playoff day. Shout out to our everydayers that go way, way back when David and I used to do like bonus episodes of David's uh Star Wars film reviews because he had never seen the movies. Uh yeah, those were those were good times. All right. Kalijah Cansey, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defensive depth chart. Let's talk about it. So David has put together this beautiful, beautiful slide and graph where we're as we go through this, we're focused strictly on the position of the player drafted. So although we have the starters up, we're just focused on the depth chart of the defensive line. And David is nodding along because he didn't upload the depth chart into, <laughs> into the restream. But we we do have the starters that you know. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Levante, Devin, Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, Shaq Barrett, Antoine Winfield Jr., Ryan Neal. And then along the defensive line, we have slotted in your nose tackle, Vita Vea. Then we have... Servasie Den or wow, Kalisha Cansey. Servasie Dennis at nose. Yes, we have uh, Kalisha Cansey over on the right side. There we go. We got the graphic. We're all good. And newly acquired Greg Gaines on the left of Vita Vea. So this is how we project the defensive line depth chart. Greg Gaines, Vita Vea, Kalisha Cansey are your starters. Then your rotational guys on the left side, you have Logan Hall, who a lot of people, ourselves included, a lot of you in the chat have already mentioned him, looking to take a big step forward. You have Willington Prevalon behind Logan Hall, and then at nose tackle, Deidre Sanat and Mike Green. And then behind Kalijah Kansi, you have Patrick O'Connor, who did play really well in some spurts last season uh, when he was called upon. Yeah, absolutely. And we got a question here in the chat from Darius who, uh, good news, James, Darius is a Celtics fan. So it sounds like he did not take your advice, which is probably good. What he was that here to fantastic. do was talk trash about your pick. And I'm here for that every single day. So Darius gets all his questions answered. Um, he asked if we think that the Buccaneers are going to incorporate or at least flirt with 
a little bit of a 4-3 uh, scheme methodology. And, and here's kind of what I'll say about uh, NFL defensive uh, schemes these days, right? Really, every scheme is multiple nowadays, right? I mean, you have your kind of base packages, and surely, certainly, Todd Bowles' base defensive package is a 3-4 type of, of base defense. But really, what Todd Bowles is, is he's, he's, he's an odd front type of guy. He likes getting speed on the field. He likes getting dynamic players on the field, which is why he likes adding linebackers. Uh, and, I mean, going back to Bruce Arians' days, it also helps the roster construction because you need linebackers for special teams. And if you're only using one or two, you need to keep like three or four more for special teams. And it's almost like wasted roster spots here and there because really all they do is special teams. If you're putting more linebackers on the field, not only are those guys providing special teams play, but they're also on the field in defense. But we've seen top bowls employ one-man fronts, three-man fronts, five-man fronts. Are we going to see four-man fronts? Yeah, I think it's absolutely likely that you're going to see four-man fronts here. And I think Vita Vea and Kalijah Kansi uh, shrinking down inside. Well, Vita Vea is obviously inside, but Kalijah Kansi uh, shrinking down inside, Greg Gaines. And then depending on the matchup situation, maybe Logan Hall gets out there on the other end. Maybe it's Patrick O'Connor, depending on what you're trying to do against this look uh, offensively. But especially you look at, again, these young quarterbacks in the division, right? Desmond Ritter, you got C.J. Stroud over there from the Ohio State University. And James, I'm bringing us back on the screen just so you can make your face for everybody. Uh, I think certainly you could see Todd Bowles employ some four-man, some, some even fronts, right? Some four-man fronts. Uh, even some two-man fronts. You get Vita Vea and Kalijah Kansi down there on either side of the center shoulder, and you put four or five guys standing up on the line of scrimmage. That is one heck of an adjustment for any quarterback to have to react to. Yeah, it, Todd Bowles does like the the versatility. Three-four is obviously still going to be the base. The base package is going to be your three-four, but we have seen him utilize a lot of different fronts, a lot of different looks. Sometimes he's got three safeties on the field. Sometimes he's got, you know, five linebackers and, and a couple of down linemen. Uh, so there will be a lot of a lot of versatility, but they certainly have the personnel that they can pull off a, a very successful 4-3 scheme in spurts. You wouldn't want that to be the the base package, but I think it would be even better to do some some five-man fronts. Uh, and you know they have the the biggest thing that they were looking for was speed. They wanted more speed at every single level. That's what they got in Cansey. That's what they got in Servassier Dennis. That's what they got in Trey Palmer. That's you know that's what they got across the board. They wanted speed, so it really does open up a lot of different opportunities for Todd Bowles to be able to get creative and for them to be able to get after the quarterback. And when you're facing the Carolina Panthers twice, who have a rookie quarterback now, or uh, you know Desmond Ritter, who is entering his first full season as an NFL quarterback, being able to bring that speed, bring that pressure from all different angles and all different looks, it's going to cause a lot of confusion. It's going to create a lot of takeaway opportunities for the secondary, for the linebackers. And, uh, you know, they have the, the makings of what could be quite the bounce back year on the defensive side of the ball. G Vegas in the chat. Imagine if the Bucs can generate consistent pressure, the more opportunities the DBs can have for interceptions. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. The more pressure you get, the more hurried the quarterback is, the worst decisions he's going to make. And then you got ball hawks back there ready to get things done. With that, we are going to bid you all a fair adieu. Again, a very happy May the 4th be with you all. And uh, we want to thank you 
for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Every dayers, make sure you are coming back tomorrow as we bring Buccaneers team writer and reporter Brianna Dix to the show to weigh in on Devin White, Kalijah Cansey, and talk about her favorite draft pick and more. If you want to join in on the conversation, of course, you could drop your comments in the YouTube section, your questions in the YouTube comment section. You can slide into the DMs on Twitter at Locked On Bucks or send it an email to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com and follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.